you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And yes, it's that it's Friday, so you know what time it is. It's time for some Project Run play. And of course, to talk all about that is my good friend Blake Stark. And Blake, as Eli Drinkwitz, Eli Drinkwitz might say, it's our podcast. Let's go take it. <laughs> as he told the guys before the Kentucky game. Well, not in podcast, but you know what I mean. Eli Drinkwitz, man, that guy just gets me fired up. And once again, so did the... The Mizzou football social media team, I am just fired up. I could go play right now and probably last one snap. But, Dan, yeah, I, I could get out there right now, I'm, Blake. I'm so fired up that I we have to do Project Runway right now, run play right now. We All right. It has, to be a, it has to lead the show. I can't, I can't sit on it for 20 minutes. I won't even, we won't even tease it. Let's just leave Let's with it. Let's go right it into then. it. And yeah. all I can say is, ah. Oh. So good. <laughs> I was, wow. I was genuinely excited. With, um, I figured they were going to go with the, uh, the all-white motif, but then – they just kind of teased you a little bit with the helmets in the video, and you saw the gold, the gold M on there, which we have not worn before with that combo. Ooh, I got really excited. That is a clean, nice look. I'm telling you. Yeah, that uh, that profile picture they have, like the the clean profile shot of Kaldronoff standing by the <laughs> our boy Kaldronoff <laughs> Easter <laughs> doing a great modeling job as always, standing by that door, and you can you know just see the, like the the stripes that were on record as loving. You know, and then with the gold yep, helmet, the pants. And, man, mm-hmm. that gold, that white on gold helmet. I think we had that maybe one time last year. Or it's 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 fairly new. It's, right. we haven't seen it very often, but it's. I mean, well, we wore basically we wore that basic helmet against. Well, who did we wear white against? Now, I mean, did we wear that against Kentucky? No, that was gold. That's right. So we, we, we wore the white helmets against LSU. I'm trying to remember. We had the white oh, that's right. It was this LSU. season. It was LSU. But, so basically, but it was those the, helmets with with the, the gold M. the gold block M right yeah, instead of the the. Circle Tiger or whatever. Right. By the way, which this is kind of funny. I told you about this, I think, but I actually got into it a little bit on Twitter with one SVP, Scott Van Pelt. Scott you Van guys Pelt, may have heard yeah. about it. <laughs> he said that Missouri's helmets looked hideous. Right. And I said, coming from a Maryland fan, that's rich. <laughs> which yeah. is funny, by <laughs> right? the way. And that our Maryland alum, right? And then, right. Then I was like, he just, yeah, he didn't didn't appreciate the white helmets there. So right. we'll see what, I, I wonder if we can get him to, uh, to comment on this, because I don't see how you could pick that apart and not be impressed yeah unless you're just a really hardcore traditionalist I, okay fine but i mean to me of all of again all look at a maryland helmet and tell me that you can be a fan of that and be a traditionalist that's the funny thing is, right. yeah maryland with all their weird under armor looks i think that's the headquarters of under armor basically i think their ceo went there so they've yeah. they've gone with some wild looks for sure but like discount rack nike <laughs> right at least in terms but, of uniform of all, design yeah of all of our of all our sort of white, and I like the all-white look. Some people prefer, obviously, more traditional. But I think this is probably the strongest of the all-whites, and that's saying something. I thought that Tyler Tiger Sailor helmet that we wore in the Liberty Bowl, Drew Locke's last game as a Tiger, those were really strong, too. These might be we even the, better. We had the Winter is Coming ones. You remember that a couple couple years ago? The all-whites with the— Against Tennessee, I yeah, believe, I, yeah. I, I don't These think, are similar to that, just yeah, but just with the helmet stripe. I think that was deal. The, yeah, yeah. the helmet stripe's new. So That's this is like the per- perfection of, of that of that model. I uh, agree. It's very strong. I also—you know how we kind of—we talked about how that uh, the preview video for the Tennessee was like 
was like kind of swagged up and the production value was up and it seemed Absolutely. like they sort of is that sort of dialed it back more, for a little the, more uh, muted the next couple yeah, weeks but do, do we have our do we have our swag back like i think i think so i think pretty, we're feeling is, ourselves again yeah there's a lot of energy here there's yeah. a lot of this there's a lot of swag here like the eli's like you know hit the gas on this thing we're we got it rolling let's go yeah stepping it up for halloween for sure i definitely i liked the theme of the whole deal it's good stuff <laughs> as you can tell we enjoyed it and well I guess that's enough about the uniforms. Uh, I guess we should talk some actual football. What do you think? But before we get to the game, Blake, I want to tell our listeners about one of our newest sponsors, and that's Built Go. And the exciting thing about Built Go is that it is a healthy replacement for your energy drink. It's energy that's not fake. It's lasting and natural. All of us have a wall we have to break through every single day. Well, what's your wall? Is it a workout, that gym session in the middle of the day? Is it a meeting that you're just trudging through, not wanting to get to? Or is it just motivation in general, maybe being a little bit more present for family time? Well, regardless of your wall, Build Go will give you the energy and protein you need to bust right through it. So visit BuiltGo.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuildGo.com. BuildGo. Let's go. But of course, what would a hard day's work be without some relaxation time? And that's when you celebrate responsibly with our good friends at Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, with a made-to-chill Coors Light. Because let me tell you something, after cranking out five podcasts a week. You know what? My vocal cords deserve nothing more than some mountain cold refreshment. And frankly, I can't wait for it. It just sounds like the tastiest thing in the world. And my my mouth is quite literally starting to water as I say this. So we better wrap it up quickly or we're going to have some problems on this microphone. But just know that Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. And now, back to the podcast. One thing that was interesting... I'm not ready to pick the game just yet, but Dave Matter made his pick this morning. Just came out maybe an hour ago, actually. He picked Missouri to win outright, 34-31. to I found that really surprising because Dave, generally he sticks pretty close to the spread, the point spread on his pick. So to go against the 12.5-point underdog there, or go with the 12.5-point underdog, that's pretty significant. You think you must think the Tigers have a chance to win, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I certainly think we have at least a chance to win. What kind of game, how do you think the game's going to play out? I mean, is it going to be a shootout? I'm kind of expecting a lot of points on both sides. Yeah, looking at at the just how the the strengths of the team, I think Missouri has has shown now though that we can do we, we can we can adapt our our offensive game plan to what the opponents you know what our opponent's defense is showing us. So you have a you know the LSU game, the Kentucky game, obviously were done very differently to get that win. I think this game probably will will look more like the LSU game. Um, I think Florida's like, I want to say like fourth in the country in yards per play or something like that. Like they're, they're right up there offensively with, with LSU and Alabama, 
which really, if you think about it, is such a crazy fast about face from where where Florida's been for all these years. Sure, and Florida's yeah, defense, Dan Mullen definitely turned Florida's that defense is has a worse has a worse pass yards per play than we do. So Florida has an inferior pass defense to us after we've have have played you know Alabama and LSU. Sure. And and Florida's not had to do that yet, but they right. still defensively are not not defending the pass well. So it seems like two things that you know both teams seem adept at attacking you know through the air, and neither defense seems particularly adept at stopping it. But I think you know I, I I'm not sure we know exactly what Missouri has. Like I, I feel like there's it's a little un, unanswered. Are we really? That? I, I've just seen our defense seem to kind of grow. And right. adapt. Yeah, I just and, wonder against a more balanced opponent this week, certainly than Kentucky. I, yeah. I just want to see I want to see something there because that that's the part that worries me is we definitely made strides against Kentucky when you know you basically have to play against the run game. That's one thing. When you got to when you basically have to face both, especially in about any kind of down situation, that that's a little bit more worrisome to me. But, you know, it's interesting I've seen most people have focused on Florida's pass defense is being weak, and I'm certainly not going to say it's strong, but I'd say their run get defense is every bit as weak from what I've seen. Texas A&M was down two possessions in that game and basically had like a 10-play drive, I think. Nine of them were runs. I mean, they ran it down their throats and did it, did the same thing to set up the game-winning field goal after after a fumble by Florida that set it up. So Yeah, I saw that Florida's had – their defense just really had trouble getting people off the field in general. So even though they're – they're so productive on a on a yards per play basis. They're they're they've been out played like been the number of plays that they've run by fifty plays over the last two games, which is the I think a victory over South Carolina and then that loss to to A and M. So you can control you can control the ball against Florida, and I think we've shown at least last week that we're willing to do that. So if if we can you know we don't have to go out and and throw for five hundred yards right. and, and score forty five points if if we can win the game by controlling the ball. If we can we can have success first. You got to get them off the field. Obviously, you can't let right. them score every time. But sure. if we can if we can get off the field, and we we're I think we've shown that we're more than happy to keep the ball as if, as long as that that's working for us. You know that I think that is a strength that this team has that I don't know that Florida's shown that they can do that. So yeah, I'm I'm actually thinking that Larry Roundtree could have another big game tomorrow for sure. I, I'd say you know I don't think he's going to get 37 carries, but if you said he got 25, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think if Larry Roundtree gets 37 carries tomorrow, you're looking at Larry Roundtree having 200 yards instead sure. of 120 yards. Right. I agree. I mean, their their run defense just looks really shaky to me, and they were just giving up successful play after successful play to A&M. So they've really got an opportunity there to me. And it's just I, interesting. Like, I don't know. Florida's always, it was always a mystery how they could have all this talent that they recruit, and their defense was always so good, and they couldn't get it done offensively. They just couldn't and, find a quarterback for years. And now they've got – I mean, I don't think they have any less talent defensively, but right. for whenever now the, now the defense is struggling, but now they can move the ball offensively. So it's interesting just to see a team sort of Ebb and flow a little flip-flop bit. around it like that to the total opposite well lsu is a great example of that right i mean a few years ago obviously last season one of the greatest offenses in college football history but in the last 10 years or so even longer they haven't exactly been known for innovative offense or pitching the ball around the football field that's for darn sure but one thing one thing to note is well Missouri, I looked on Twitter about 12 minutes ago. They're officially they're boarding the plane, so it Saw sure that. looks like we're, we're playing a football game here. That's really all I care at this point. But as far as Florida and their COVID 
testing goes. We know they've got they had six new tests on top of gosh they had twenty something uh, a few weeks ago. But it would seem that there's been enough time that those guys would be able to be cleared. However, from just everything that we're piecing together, bits and pieces of info, what Dan Mullen has said in his press conference, seems like there could be some significant guys out for this game. So to me, that twelve and a half point spread. It really does look pretty tasty. I, I think the over-under is, I, gosh, let me look. It's 61, 62. I'll get you an actual number here. Okay, for all that, and I was right. Yeah, 62 it opened, 61 and a half is the over-under. That seems about right to me. That's a pretty high number, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But 12 and a half, that just seems like a lot. It's a big for a number Missouri for... team that's, that seems to be trending in the right direction, a Florida team that we have some question marks about who's going to actually be out there. Now, we, we, we think Kyle Trask is going to be out there. They put him out there in front of the media. That would be a good sleight of hand if he didn't play, let's put it that way. But I don't know, that's a pretty tasty number. What do you think? Yeah, I just I think that's, uh, like you said, the momentum that Missouri seems to be building and Florida's been off for. They're undefeated with Connor Basilak starting. Let's true. put it that way. And they haven't. Florida hasn't played since what the tenth. Right, and they've had. It's been at least. It's been a couple weeks. So they yeah, haven't had and, full practices. They right. You know, so Florida's just there's there's a whole lot of uncertainty there with that team. Their prep has been uh, yeah. So you don't interrupted. Right. It just seems weird. And and you know I don't think you can give them the full swamp home field advantage that they normally would get. Even right. though Missouri's had success there anyway. Um, so I, I think that crowd factor certainly isn't going to be what it what it would be. So that just seems like it does seem like a gigantic number, and I think it's did it start where to start at like fifteen, and it came it's down to twelve and a half. Am I right with that? You know what? I thought I saw somewhere somebody reported it may have been Dave Matter. I thought he said it opened at fifteen, but I, I'm seeing here at least on Covers.com they're saying it opened at thirteen. So okay. regardless. Not a, not a ton of line movement there or anything, so just about a half point in Missouri's way. They're saying most of the action, 70%, in fact, is on Florida, at least according to this site. So it's Uh-oh. kind of surprising that... It's that spri- little reverse line movement move I like. Well, you know, I'm I'm generally a, a contrarian, so I, I think this is a, another good spot. Missouri just not, not getting that much respect here, although maybe it probably has more to do with Florida, honestly. I mean, obviously one of the... 10 best teams in the country probably and certainly one of the 10 5 10 best offenses so i understand it i understand the big line to a certain extent you know it was interesting peter ball at the athletic had a little feature story this friday on jalen knox read that whole thing it was nicely done and it was funny the very last line of the entire story was a jalen knox quote and to me it was the most significant thing of the entire piece And it was a part of his quote, but I'll just read you the one sentence he said that stood out to me. He said, I enjoy playing football this year. Now, to me, that kind of said volumes, didn't it, about the difference between, you know, I don't want to just say just Barry Odom and and just Eli Drinkwitz, but obviously the vibe in this locker room compared to last season. I mean, talk about night and day. Didn't you think that was pretty revealing? Yeah, that says a lot. And he's a guy that was recruited by, you know, Barry Odom and and that staff. Sure. And I think he probably, you know, we had questions about what happened to him and his role in the offense last year after having having had a, a a good kind of a breakout freshman season, and then and then last year's offense obviously just went in the tank. You know, it's had this kind of started out fine, but then just went off the rails, and you know, his production wasn't good except for that big game against what was it SEMO or something like that. He had a big game against. It was like a division. It was a cupcake, probably cupcake game, right? Um, 
Yeah, so I think he he probably was confused as, as to what had happened, and and I, I just have a like we can watch as fans. We're obviously not in the locker room, but you know we pay attention to the we read these things over the week. We pay attention to game game flow and, and play calling, and it was it just seemed clear that there wasn't a, a great plan offensively last year. A lot right. of times, like it was just kind of helter skelter and right. And Dooley, I don't think just had just not the natural play caller that I think Drink is. And you can watch these games this year, and you can just see there's more of a there's just more of a, a plan. I think a, that has to that has to come across to a player, right? They're they're in part of this offense. They want to think that it's you know it's it's being used correctly. Like like they're take like it's the strengths and weaknesses are being taken into account. They're being maximized sure. and they're being coached. So that's you know Knox is sitting there. And he knows he can still run. He knows he can still catch. Why are why is this not happening this year? And then now this year he can see the plan being executed. He can see his, sure you know they identified that hey let's put this guy in the slot. Let's take advantage of some of these matchups. And and Knox is like, well, I'm the same guy last year. Why didn't I, why didn't I get to do some of that right. last year? And hand him the football too yeah. on those jet sweeps, which he's been really good at. But I tell you, Knox played a great game against Kentucky last week. I thought as a receiver too. He's not just some uh, gadget player. He went up and made some crucial third down catches. Had so. nice, he had another nice option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely no he's he's played really well and um, I'm glad to hear he's enjoying playing football again so that's good and honestly it just to me that just speaks to the level of buy-in that Eli Drinkwitz already has we've got we're, we're two and two and it just feels like we're all on the same on the same wavelength and I don't know that I would have said that after the Tennessee game necessarily I, I'm not in that locker room but it's just it's just amazing how good we feel just as a team right now I'm just impressed I mean that guy that guy Drinkwitz, uh, you and I agree he's a darn good play caller, but he's a hell of a leader too. He's got some sort of charisma to him. I don't know. There's something about that guy. It's, really it's impressive something, stuff. You know, and this is a something that I think everybody's seen this clip where he's in the Appalachian State locker room. I think after they won that championship, yeah, and he's right. doing the little skirt skirt dance, right? He's, yeah, he's, he's just revving the, uh, yeah, the motorcycle. Yeah, and he's just this nerdy little white guy with a <laughs> visor on, but, it, but he's, he's surrounded fun, by all right. these like giant, you know, athletic dudes. That are probably the coolest guys on campus, you know what I mean? Sure, and, and he fits this, in just and he's fine, just, and yeah. they're just eating it up. They just love it. Like right. it's it's not it doesn't seem contrived. It, it seems yeah. you know it's, it's now, genuine, when, yeah. and they respect this guy. And they, but they like when he cuts loose with them too. So it's I think it's a great balance. Listen, I'm not exactly uh, Mr. Harley Davidson or motorcycle guy or anything, but but let me help all of you out. You don't have you don't crank both. There isn't a, there isn't a throttle on both sides. There's only a throttle on one well, you side. You can smoke them. You wouldn't want two throttles. I just want you all yeah, to know you, that. You when it's, hold, hold the brake and smoke the back tire. So anytime right? when somebody does the motorcycle <laughs> yeah. thing, it always cracks me up when they do it with two two hands. I'm like, what, which what's the other throttle that you're using? That, that always that always bumps me a little bit. John but, wants the uh, left hand open. Show the you're clearly not depressing the brake. That's right. So you can throttle the right. So you Thank can get you. You know, maximum performance out of, your, right. out of your motorcycle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anywho, with all that being said, I tell you what, let's bring up one more Mizzou-related topic. Did you happen to watch the Thursday night game at all last night? Did you see the hit that Teddy Bridgewater took from Charles Harris late in that game? I, I didn't, actually. I missed that. I, I watched probably the first three-fourths of the game. Well, you know what? I'm going to hit pause on this podcast really quickly and show it to you, and we'll be right back. You won't even <laughs> know anything happened. So we watched the play. Charles Harris definitely he smoked Teddy Bridgewater pretty good. He definitely wasn't faking the neck injury. I promise you that. But didn't you think... There was somebody else who may have deserved the ejection and not our boy Charles Harris, Blake? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that leg whip, the, actually, it was a blatant trip. Blatant trip, yeah. trip by uh, Dante Fowler Jr., I believe a 
believe that's a Florida Gator. Is it not? I think you could be right. Is that correct? I, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Florida, now I got a lot. Now I got to look this up. Too. I, I draft pick Florida Gator. I think it's like third or something to Jacksonville. But uh, yeah, he he did. I mean, that I think is more egregious. Obviously, Charles Harris hit hit. That was that was a bad look. But I think Teddy Bridgewater looked like he was stumbling, like he might recover from that trip. So Harris wanted to make sure he's down. I mean, he did kind of lead with the head and shoulder a little bit. Didn't wrap him up or anything. So. Yeah, I agree. I thought the ejection was really harsh there. I mean, what if he regains his balance? I mean, is he supposed to, like, you know, lightly place him on the ground like he's a baby in a bassinet or something? I I just didn't know what he was supposed to do there. This is football. To me, it kind of reminded me of the play that that Drew Locke got injured on a little bit when he 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 tripped and started stumbling and just he was in a really vulnerable position you know kind of situation there he wasn't in his usual athletic stance so when he got hit he got walloped in in a very awkward position to me that's what happened to Teddy Bridgewater there he was just in a in a weird position stuff happens I I don't know that that was a stuff happens play to me although again if you want to eject somebody from the game eject the 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 third overall pick of the 2015 (laughs) draft from the University of Florida Mr. Dante Fowler, take that, Gators. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I think you're. I mean, you're going to get a penalty anytime you make contact with a, a quarterback in his head, whether he's on his feet or on his butt. You know, so. But I don't think you get ejected if he's, you know, helmet to helmet is typically not ejected on a passer. So that's you're going to get that flag. I mean, I don't know what he's if if Teddy Bree starts to get up there. I don't know. Do you just have to like jump on his back? Or, <laughs> right. Or like it's it's a tough spot to be in with your a defensive end and your. I mean, you have to go all out to even have a chance. To get I was going to say. I think I think in that situation, if you're if you're hesitant, if you're like, well, is he going to go down or not? You basically just you kind of have to hit him or at least try to tackle him. Or you could argue, okay, maybe you should have just tried to again. I mean, is he supposed to lay him down like he's a baby going for his afternoon nap? Or, I mean, this is football. I, I just thought that was a little silly. But to show, to sort of prove that point, it doesn't sound like Harris is going to get any additional suspensions or anything like that. But I don't know. Just referee a little bit of an overreaction there to me. But be interested to see if there's any review of that tripping footage, right? I, that I mean, seriously, like that's a that's a legit dangerous play when you kick your leg out at somebody. I mean, that's what caused him to get in that position and take that weird hit. So, yeah, I'm with you totally. So, anyway, why don't we get out of here and just uh, officially get our picks on the board? What do you think, Tiger victory tomorrow? Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go two un- two units on the Tigers plus the twelve and a half. But let's throw a half unit on that money line because I think I think we like I said earlier this week. I think it's a a puncher's chance. I think you know you'll know more like if. Like if Florida comes out in warm-up lines and that that big tight end is not there, oh yeah, well, that I mean that'd be Kyle that Pitts. A, yeah, he's yeah. a matchup nightmare. So right. if if he's missing and you got, you got six guys that have COVID tests and you've got contact tracing for who knows how many guys that are around them, right? So that you know who we're facing on Florida could change. And I think even if it's six random guys, I would I take what I've seen from Florida against what I've seen from Mizzou. Yeah, I'd take the twelve and a half take the 12 anyway. And a half. But just assuming you might get lucky with some guys who. Who are not in the game? Yeah, I think I think that's just an extra bonus, a little bit extra value there for you. Sure, I I like that line of thinking. So, and what, I guess I got to pick too, then, don't I? I just don't know if I have the balls to pick Missouri to win outright. I think they're going to cover the spread, and I'm with you value wise. Put a unit on that money line. What the heck? I think it's worth a shot. I think Missouri has a legit chance. There's just something – Florida's offense just seems so balanced. I'm just worried that we're not going to quite be able to score enough, but. I tell you, we might though because we got a really balanced offense too. I think if 
if we're running the ball five yards a clip with Roundtree and you know, if it's third and four, third and five, I really trust Connor to pick it up these days. So we got a chance, man. We got a chance. Yeah, I, I just I can't I can't go on record and pick the Tigers. I just don't the have the game. Balls. The game plan last week obviously was to protect Connor from that from that zone coverage, sneaky zone coverage that sure. Kentucky does. So we didn't air the ball out intentionally. We wanted to keep the throws safe and controlled. Right. Um, but Florida's very susceptible to big plays. So you gotta do whatever we want. Yeah, maybe. you could have you know like the best of both worlds you could you could have success running the ball and then also be able to cut loose yeah i think a balanced approach is the way to go yeah i think you know i think we've got a lot of ways to attack them tomorrow so yeah i think a think a pretty high scoring affair assuming florida has most of their weapons there um yeah I, i like i like the tiger's chances yeah me too yeah Kadarius tony another guy obviously one of their best weapons offensively if he were out that would make a big difference to me too but otherwise you know probably not enough to like truly move the line by multiple points or anything like that you know obviously the quarterback but again we assume he's playing so unless anything changes that's what it's looking like so hopefully a Missouri victory on Halloween would sure be nice wouldn't it but probably Sunday morning with this recap after the game I got I got a Halloween party to go to Blake I'm not gonna lie and and frankly those late Saturday those, those are tough. They're just tough because you got. It's not just the recording. Then I gotta edit the thing, do the social media, blah blah blah. blah, blah. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me bleed. So, with all that being said, until next time, happy Halloween, everybody. I'm John Miller for Blake Stark, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.